0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Are y'all ready for the word? Are ready for the word tonight? So we are going to turn to Ruth chapter 2, verses 4 through 12, and that's where we're going to kind of study and take a look and kind of gaze at uh, for the night. Uh, before I read the scripture, I want to give a little context about the story of Ruth, because uh, it, it's a popular story, but it's not super well known. So I'll give you a little context of where we pick up. So uh, there's this woman, her name is Naomi. And Naomi had a husband and two sons. And her two sons got married uh, to uh, a woman named Orpah and a a woman named Ruth. So those were her daughter-in-laws. And so right after her sons got married, um, the land that they were in, Moab, uh, they entered a season of famine. And it says that Naomi's husband... And two sons died during that 10 years of famine. And so it's just her and her two daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth. And so she has, Naomi has other family members who said, hey, come back to your homeland um, and we we have enough food for y'all. And so Naomi says, and she tells her two uh, daughter-in-laws, she said, hey, I'm going back to my homeland. Uh, My sons are dead, right? Your husbands have passed away. Why don't y'all go and leave, like, leave me and go find, go start a new life, go find a new husband. And so she was encouraged, encouraging her daughter-in-law, to go ahead and leave. Hey, go ahead and leave me, go find a new husband, go find, you know, go start fresh, you know, it's terrible what happened to us, but, you know, go make the best of it. And right when she said that to her, to her two daughter-in-laws, Orpah right away was like, okay, peace. And she jetted. She got out of there. Um, but Ruth uh, said, no, hold up, Naomi, I'm going to stay with you. And I'm going to go wherever you go. And um, so Naomi was like, all right, whatever you want. You know, so uh, Ruth and Naomi go to um, Naomi's homeland. And um, right when they get there, first thing they do is they look for food. And so this is where we pick up is because they just exited the season of famine. And so now they're looking uh, to get some grain for them to eat. So that's where we pick up at Ruth chapter 2, verses 4 through 12. And it reads this. It says, while she was there. Boaz, because Ruth went to a harvest field to get some grain, said, while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? He's looking at Ruth. Who knows? Ruth caught his eye somehow. She must know. And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. And she has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes of rest in the shelter. I just want to tell both ladies and guys, right, who knows the most attractive thing to a person isn't, you know, makeup or Instagram filter or whatever, right? who knows the most attractive thing to a person from a guy's perspective is a woman who is confident in herself, who is driven, and who isn't afraid of hard work. Because you know, Ruth, she wasn't afraid of hard work, and that caught, right? is I. Now, notice I said driven, not dramatic. Notice I said that because I talked to some people who try to excuse their obnoxious behavior by just saying, oh, I just, I'm just driven. I'm like, hey, you're not driven, you're dramatic, okay? We need to get that to, you know, out of the way. And um, so verse 8 says, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young woman working, working in the field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat, to treat, not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to water. They have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his, at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Turn to your neighbor and say the title of tonight's message, The Flavor of Favor. The Flavor of Favor. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. I thank you what you're doing through us, what you're doing for us, God. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is just communicating on open minds and soft hearts. I thank you, Father, if this word is just for one person in this house tonight, then it is worth it, Father, because you left the 99 for the one, God. And so I know this: how much you love us and how much you want us to be ever so closer to you, Father. And, God, I just play blessings over the Houston Texans, God. May they somehow do good. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I used to play dominoes a lot with my popo. My popo, he, he's, he's in heaven now. Um, but when I was younger, um, I would play dominoes a lot with him. And I, was, I first started when I was about the age of 14. And um, I'm really competitive. I don't like to lose. And so when I first started playing dominoes with my popo at the age of 14, um, he first taught me how to play, and then we started playing. We played for, I'm not lying, four hours straight, seven games in a row, and guess what? I lost every single one because my Popo was just as competitive as I was, and he wasn't going to let me, you know, get by without earning it, and, uh, and he also knew eventually that, you know, I wasn't going to leave until I won at least one game, and so I think the eighth game I finally won, and um, so I went back to the house and um because you said because we would play dominoes we used to play dominoes every week every monday i would go over to his house bring lunch we play dominoes and it was an awesome thing to do with my popo and and i encourage y'all tonight if you still if you're blessed enough to still have your dad your grandfather your grandparents spend time with them because you're not going to regret it um you know after you do but so that following week you know, he said, hey, let's let's do this again um, next week. Let's play dominoes. And so what I did at the age of 14, I said, hey, you know what? I want to get good at dominoes. So I downloaded this app on my phone, which is like a domino playing app. I didn't even know they had it. And I started playing the computer. And legit, the whole week, I was practicing dominoes, learning the numbers games. Because I also love counting and numbers. And, and so what, that's really all dominoes is, is figuring out the percentage wise what the next domino is going to play. And so you can figure out what you know, the best place to be, and so I played for hours during that week, learning how to be good at dominoes, and so the next time I showed up in my Popo's house, he didn't know what was coming for him, so he's expecting this to roll over me, you know, and I won those first three games, and let me tell you, my Popo, like I said, he's more competitive than I was, he was like, oh man, I've never seen so much luck, man, I've never, he, he, was, he was. He used to talk mess to me, but he would do like that old kind of Miss talk, like that 1950s miss talk, you know what I'm talking about? He was like like whenever I, I was lose like whenever I was losing, he was like, Hey, turn off the lights, the parties, like there's some old song. Is that an old song? He would always sing that song and go and turn off the lights and um and you know and if I was losing, he'd be like, Hey man, I'm shellacking you. I'm like, he's the only person I ever heard say shellack. Like I so he, he used to always talk miss, but when I when when it was that day I was playing dominoes with him, he kept on saying, he's like, man, this is beginner's luck, Caleb. You know, you know, this is all lucky. He had no idea that I'd been practicing, right? He had no idea. He just thought I was lucky. He thought it was beginner's luck, and he couldn't wrap his mind around, hey, I, just, I was rolling over this guy a week ago. How is he beating me now? He must be lucky. And that made me think about Roof's story. Because who knows, without context, people could say that your success is just luck. Right, without context. You know, the people could look at your achievements and say, oh, well, he's this lucky, or she's this lucky. Um, and when you look at the story of Ruth, you can look at her life and you could say the same thing, right? You can say, Oh, Ruth must be so like she lucked out, right? Because she just so happened to go to Boaz's field, and she just so happened to be seen by Boaz, he she must have this like luckiest day of her life, right? But what we're going to talk about today is that Ruth's story has nothing to do about luck and has everything to do about God's favor. See, I think we have, I'm going to take a seat if I get too excited. I think we have misconstrued God's favor into comparing it to luck or, or random circumstance, right? I think, because um, I know a lot of people, they think God's favor is finding the closest parking spot at HEB. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been to car with those people? They come in, they get the close parking spot, like, oh, God's favor is on me today. You know what I'm saying? Or they, they're digging through their pockets and they find an extra dollar, like, oh, God must be, be finding me favorable today. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying not to give God glory for that, but God's favor is way more than just that, you know? God's favor is way more than just, you know, random circumstances like that or catching all green lights or whatever it is. God's favor is way greater than that. You see, God's favor isn't circumstantial. It's, it's a consistent truth that we live by. So we're, right, scripture says we're called to walk in God's favor every day, right? Daily walk in his favor, right? Not, not just randomly, daily walk into his favor. So the question we're answering today, or the question that we're going to answer tonight is what steps do I take? What steps do we take to consistently walk in God's favor, you see, favor is, has less to do about your luck and has more to do about your lifestyle. And so that's kind of the theme for tonight. So y'all, are you all ready? Are you all ready? So let's take a look back at uh, Ruth chapter 1, 16 through 18. Ruth chapter 1, 16 through 18. It says this, it says, but Ruth replied, uh, don't ask me to leave you. So see, this conversation is happening when Naomi tells Ruth, hey, get out of here. Go find a new husband. You know what I'm saying? Go start a new life. This is after Naomi tells Ruth this. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death separate us. And then when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined, To go with her, she said nothing more. You know, it's like after you say something like that, Ruth, you know, Naomi was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, So the first point for tonight is that favor follows the faithful. Favor follows the faithful. See, it takes faith to step into God's favor. It takes faith to step into God's favor. Because if you don't step out by faith, you'll never step into God's favor. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of people think, again, that favor is circumstance or luck, and it's something that just happens. No, it's something that's intentional, right? God's favor is something that you step into, and it takes faith to do that. See, God is is waiting to bless us beyond our imagine, but he's waiting for us to step out by faith, right? God's not just going to bless you. not being faithful to him, right? He's going to bless you and say, you know what? I trust you, God. Just just like Ruth said, Ruth could have easily been like, hey, you know what? I'm going back home. But she said, no, you know what? I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to follow you. Your God will be my God. She was faithful and she stepped out. See, there's some things that are in your future that will never become your present unless you step out by faith, right? There are some things that God has called you to step into right, in your that's in your future, that's in your future right now, but will always stay in your future if you never take those steps to step into them. You know what I'm saying? You have to step out by faith to receive God's favor. But I, I think there's some things, you know, I love prayer. If you know me, I love prayer. But I think there's some things we prayed enough about. I think there's some things that we know what God wants us to do, right? It's just up to us to step out and do it. You know, um, like, Praying about the same thing over and over and get the same answer usually means, hey, that's the answer. You know what I'm saying? You need to now step out, right, and act by faith and trust God with what He's telling you. And then that's when you're gonna step into His favor. Because see, Ruth could have right given up at God. Ruth could have given up on God a long time ago. A long time ago. She could have given up on God. Because it says that her husband, her father-in-law, and her brother-in-law all died in the famine. Right? Who knows? Nobody was, t- was calling Ruth lucky during that time. Right? Nobody was saying, oh, look at Ruth. She is God's favor because her husband just died. So she could easily turn back faith. She could easily just lost her faith, but Ruth didn't. You see, it's so easy to lose faith, right, when things don't look favorable in your life. Right? It's easy. It's easy to, to when things don't look like they're working out. Or when you're going through a tough season, it's easy to say, hey, you know what, God? I don't feel your favor, so you know what? I'm I'm losing faith, right? It's easy to do that. But something I want to encourage you all tonight, if you do what Ruth did and you stay faithful in the famine, get what I'm saying? If you stay faithful during the famine, right, I'm telling you, you will see favor in your future. See, the famine came to Ruth, and instead of losing trust in God, right, instead of turning back and said, Hey, this is all on you, God. Why have you done this to me? You know, she said, you know what? I'm gonna stay faithful during this season. And I believe that she planned a seed that day when she chose to be faithful during the famine. Because I want to have a mindset where my faith isn't isn't fickle, right? I wanna have a lifestyle where my faith doesn't go up and down with my situation. I want to have the kind of faith that it doesn't matter what famine comes my way, it doesn't matter what problems come my way, I'm gonna stay faithful to God. Sometimes they'll say, God, I don't understand what's going on right now. God, my like Ruth was saying, God, my husband is starved to death before my very eyes. I don't understand why, but I'm not gonna lose faith. Right? I don't know why all this has happened to me. I don't know why. I don't really get it. But you know what? I'm gonna have faith in you that you are good. Because who knows? It's so easy to lose faith when things aren't looking well. But that's how you show God you trust Him. Is when things are looking murky, things are looking bad. You don't know why. Well, like you're saying, God, why is this going on? And the enemy, right, tries to attack you at that moment, right? Who knows when you're at your weakest is when the enemy comes its hardest, right? But not, but Ruth, right, she was in that moment, right. Her husband has died. Her brother-in-law died. You know, in the family, she watched her husband starve with their very own eyes but she stayed faithful to God and i believe that her faithfulness in that season provided favor in her next season you know what i'm saying church it's just like what jesus did in the garden of gethsemane right he decided to stay faithful in that moment what what did even jesus say he said he said god if it's your will let this cup pass from me he knew what was coming his way he, is, he knew he was about to be up on the cross, he said, God, let this cup pass from me. But what he said, he said, not my will, your will be done. He remained faithful to his calling, church. And what I, what I want to remind people is no matter the famine, no matter the problems, if you stay faithful to your calling, you're going to see God's favor on your life. Amen? See, God didn't say, what well, some things will work together for my good, Right? He didn't say most things will work together. What did he say? All things will work together for God's good. And I don't know about you, but I don't think God lies, right? He's incapable of telling lies. So whatever he says is not just, it's, it's, it's not just a maybe. It's an absolute fact. So when God says everything works together for my good, according to the, pe- like, for the people who love me, right, I hold that as a fact. So, when problems come my way, when a pushback comes my way, I have learned not to lose faith. I've learned to gain faith in those moments, right? Because who knows? It's, it's that, it's, who knows when you're going somewhere God's called you to be, the enemy's coming against you. Um, I was having a conversation this morning. Sometimes the, my faith grows sometimes when I get a pushback. Because then I learn, hey, I'm doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, if I'm going in a direction that God has called me and I feel a pushback, I'm saying, hey, I'm going in the right direction, because if I'm if God if I feel God calling me somewhere and everything's just going perfect, I'm looking around. I'm like, God, am I doing the right thing, right? Because who knows that that pushback is actually what gi- what gives you peace? Because that pushback, right, shows right that should give you peace because you know God's got me, and no matter what's coming against me, right, I'm not going to let it stop my faith. Amen. Church, have have faith in the famine because. I'm telling you, just like Ruth, if you keep your faith during the famine, you're going to see favor in your future, right? In the next season that's coming. Because who knows, all seasons come to an end. And if you just keep your faith, you're going to see your reward, right? Because God is faithful. I'm telling you, God is faithful to us. So let's go back to Ruth. And uh, we read over this in, in Ruth chapter 2, 6 through 7. But I, I want to read over it again. And it says, And a foreman replied, She is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. And she has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes of rest in the shelter. See, Ruth didn't actually go to Boaz's field and harvest grain. She was actually following behind the harvesters, meaning that she went out not to get a full, you know, barrel of grain, whatever it's called. She just went out just so she could have the opportunity to get the scraps. Good on I'm saying? Second point for for tonight is favor follows the resourceful. Favor follows the resourceful. See, like, just like Ruth, we need to learn to take advantage of what is available to us, right? We need to to learn to say, hey, I see an opportunity, and it might not be the perfect opportunity, but I'm going to take it right? You know, Ruth could have easily said, hey, I'm not going out to that field. It's going to be like, they're, they're, I'm going to be fighting for scraps. I'm going to be working hard for something that might not have been worth a while, right? That's just, that's too much work for me to do it, right? If she would have done that, she would have never met Boaz, right? She would never come in contact with Boaz. So what I'm trying to tell you is these opportunities in front of you, although they might not look perfect, they might be God. These opportunities that come into your life, although they not might be ideal or might not be what you imagined, I'm telling you right now, it might be the Holy Spirit. So we got to learn, just like Ruth was, she was resourceful, right? She, was, she took advantage of what was available to her because she could have easily said, right, hey, Naomi, let's, let's find another place um, that's farther away or something because, you know, that's a lot of work. I'm just going to be getting, right. She didn't say that. She said, hey, you know what, you know what Naomi, I'm going to step out. I see an opportunity. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do. Amen? Amen? See, we have to take on that mindset because before God can give us promotion, right, we, we have to be willing to work with what we have. I think a lot of us, we get caught up and say, God, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more, and we're sitting on our hands with what he's given us, right? We're asking God, yeah, give me this promotion. God, give me this. Give me that. And yet, with the things that he has given us currently, we're not doing what we should do, Right? How can God trust us with more if he can't even trust us with what we have? Right? Amen? It's all right to clap if you feel it. Right? Because I think God has so much in store for us, but he's waiting to see how faithful we are with what we have. Right? Before you can become the employer, right, you first got to bust your butt being an employee. Right? Because that's how things work. And we notice that in the natural, but we think in the supernatural it's different. It's not, right? We have to make sure that we show God, hey, you can trust me what you've given me. And when you do that, he's going to promote you even higher. Amen. See, you must, you must be able to outgrow your current responsibilities if you want to achieve more responsibilities. All right, I love the people who are outgoing, right, who have a big, hungry stomach who says, put more on my plate. I love those kind of people. Um, Well, not literally like the, you know, hypothetically, you know, speaking. But I love those type of people because who knows, they just get stuff done. You know what they're saying? They're saying, you know what? I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to grow. I want to do more. I want to do more. And there's some people who they've given the responsibilities to sweep the floor and they think they're too good for it. So they do it a half job and are expecting a promotion, right? Who knows to get more responsibility, you have to show that you can handle the ones you've been given. And if you do that... God's going to promote you. And see, that's that's what happens with the kingdom of heaven is promotion happens in the kingdom of heaven, right? There is promotion in this kingdom. But if God's going to promote you, you must show, right, that you're willing to work what you have. Because If you're not willing to work with what you have, God's not going to give you more because obviously you're showing you can't handle it, right? You know, I'm not if, – if I – you know, what's the old saying putting – eight pounds of stuff in a five-pound bag, right, if you can't show you can hold what currently, I'm not going to put more on you, you know, what I'm, you know, and so, you know, you can't expect to be able to, to have God for you to minister to the multitude if you're not even willing to minister to your neighbor, you know what I'm saying, there's a lot of people who have talked to me, hey, you know, God's called me to speak to thousands of people, but they're not even willing to walk across the street, Right? They're not willing to talk to their classmates, to the people they work with, but they're expecting God to bring them to this incredible place. Right. You have to be willing to work with what you have. Amen, church. Amen. We got to learn to be proactive and not reactive. Okay what I'm saying about that? We've got to be proactive and not reactive. Because I know because Ruth didn't have that mindset. She didn't have a mindset that a lot of people have is, I'm going to wait until I'm blessed and then I'll start working. You know those people? I'm going to wait until things look good, and then I'm going to get to work. Because once I get this promotion, man, I'm going to work hard. You know what I'm saying? And that promotion never comes, right? You know? Because Ruth had the mindset, hey, you know what? No, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work myself into a blessing, right? And she flipped it, right? Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to wait for a blessing, didn't work, she said, you know what? I'm going to work myself into that blessing. And she saw that opportunity, right? She saw that, hey, at Boaz's fish, she had no idea who Boaz was. She just said, hey, there's a harvest field, and although all like 99% of the grain's gonna be gone. I'm gonna walk around and pick up what I can. It's not ideal, it's not perfect, it's not what I thought I deserved, but you know what? It's an opportunity. I'm gonna take advantage of it, right? And because of that, right, she didn't know it, but that was a God ordained situation. And because of her obedience and her willingness, right, God's favor followed her and she met Boaz and Boaz hooked her up. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's the second point, right? We got. We have to be resourceful, right? Favor follows the resourceful. So let's go back to Ruth. In Ruth chapter 2, 10 through 12. Are you all enjoying tonight? You all enjoying tonight? Ruth chapter 2, 10 through 12, it reads this. It says, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to (laughs) to deserve such kindness? She asked, I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know, about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Who knows, Ruth didn't make her decisions based on her own needs. All right, Ruth didn't. When when Naomi approached her, she didn't pull an or- Orpa. And say, okay, I'm out of here, right? She thought about other people. She just didn't think about her. And she said, wait, hold up, Naomi. If I leave you, right, who's gonna take care of you? You're an old, you're an old woman, right? You can't pick grain. You know what? If I leave you, right, who knows that if Ruth would have left Naomi and took advantage of that opportunity and said, you know what, I'm gonna go find a new hu- husband, start a new life, who knows that Naomi would have died in her old age of starvation, right? Because she was an old lady. But she instead of Ruth said instead of this making decisions based on her own problems, own needs, she took a step back and said, hey, you know what? No, what are you, your needs, Naomi? What, what, what do you need? No, I'm going to stay here because if I stay here, I know you're going to be taken care of, right? So, and right, nobody would have blamed her for leaving Naomi, right? Nobody would have blamed her. Her husband just died, right? They're in a, a famine, right? Nobody would have blamed, or, or, blamed Ruth for leaving, right? Ruth's husband just died. Right? They would say, hey, you know, go start a lo- new life. You deserve it, right? You've been through so much, you know? Go start a new life. Nobody would have blamed Ruth, but instead she stayed. Instead she stayed. Uh, the third point for tonight is favor follows the thoughtful. Favor follows the thoughtful. Because Ruth just didn't think about herself, but she thought about others. All right? She just didn't say, hey, how can I fix my problems? She said, hey, you know what? What are your problems? What are your needs, Right? She didn't just focus so much on herself. She had the awareness to take a step back and say, hey, I'm not the only one here. My decisions doesn't just affect me. It affects the people around me. So what if instead of spending all our time on just trying to help ourselves, what if instead we spend our time on trying to help others? What if instead of saying, being so focused, because it can be consuming, right? being so focused on our own needs, all right, because we all got bills, we all have problems, right, if there's one thing that everybody has, it's problems, right, so we all have problems, we all have needs, but what if instead of being so focused on ourselves, we took a step back and said, hold up, hold up, I'm not the only one here right now, right, I know so-and-so has needs, I, 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 I don't have a lot, but I think I could help this person, what if we took a step back and instead of just focusing so much on what the problems we have, we focus on others and said, hey, how can I help you instead of just helping myself. See, I believe that if we came and we got that mindset and we started blessing others, we start seeing ourselves get blessed in our own lives, right? Favor follows the thoughtful. Favor follows the thoughtful. See, God didn't tell us, right, what you know, what, what did God tell us? He didn't say, hey, go and love yourself. What did he say? He said, go and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, right? If we came into that mindset, right, if we came in and say, you know what, I'm actually going to do that, I'm going to love you like I love me, who knows that all of a sudden, you no, know, not not only will this person's problems start to be taking care of their needs or their pray, or whatever they need, who knows that you will start seeing your own blessings come into your life. Because what God, what we spoke on earlier, right, God is faithful, so when he sees you truly loving others as much as you love yourself, he's going to start blessing you with all you can handle. See, Showing love isn't just a hug, but, right, showing love is giving a helping hand. Because who knows showing love to somebody isn't just word of mouth. It's an an action, right? It's not something, you know, it's easy to get caught up um, with your own problems that you forget, hey, there's people around me right now. But if we begin to sow blessings into others, right, if 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 we do what Ruth did and she took a step back and she focused on others before herself, if we begin to sow blessings to others, I'm telling you, Blessings will begin to sow back to us because that's the identity of the church, right? The identity of the church for us all to love each other equal, like, like, like neighborly, right? As much as we love ourselves. If we step into that identity, I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing this whole community begin to be blessed by God. If we begin to say, you know, I'm going to step into that identity, God, I'm truly going to love people with all my heart. I'm not going to let the problems of my own life keep me away from, the, from me blessing other people. Who, who knows the happiest people are those who are the most generous, right? Right? The happiest people are the people who aren't so caught up. And uh, who knows? We all know the people who have all this money but also have all these problems. But even you know these people who, who doesn't have what everybody says you need to have to be happy, but they're filled with joy because what they do have, they bless people with. Right? You see, Esther told Boaz, what have I done to deserve this, right? She said, what have I done? I'm an outsider. What have I done to deserve your favor? What have I done to deserve such kindness that you're going to give me all the food that I would ever need? What have I done? And Boaz said, I, like, I know you're an outsider, but I also know what you've done. Right? I know you're an outsider, but I also know what you've done for your mother-in-law. I also know that, hey, you know what? You left your homeland, and you stepped into this situation where you're going to help out Naomi he said I also know what you've done and he, what he said he said may God reward you fully for what you have done so I'm telling church what if we stopped focusing so much on our own problems right on our own needs and we took a step back right and say these people in this room right now isn't just any people right they're actually our brothers and sisters in Christ and what if we say hey you know what we all have the same father so you know what your needs is now my needs, right? Your, your problems, you know what? Instead of you know, your problems, now my problems, because if we're all a family here, if we're all truly a family, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we would say, hey, you know what? You're not in this alone, right? We all have the same father. And I believe if we start doing that, if we really took the heart of heaven and say, God, you know what? We all have the same father, right? We, we, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, your problems are now my problems. Your needs are now my needs. I'm telling you, if we really took that on, and I know it's going to take a lot of prayer for that to happen, you know, but if we really took that on, who knows there will never be a hungry mouth, right? Who knows there will never be somebody homeless on the street, right? Who knows that if there's any, if we really took that on and say, hey, you know what? I see it now, right? We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We all have the same father. So you know what? It's not just you, me against the world. It's all of us together serving the same Father, and we're all in this, right? We're all in this together. Amen? We've got we to gotta be willing to sow into other people because if you just hold what little you have to yourself, I'm telling you, little is going to be given to you. But if you take on that heart, what Jesus wants us to be, right, and just love our neighbor as much as I love ourselves because I love myself a lot, right? But if we love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves, who knows, right, we're going to step into what God has called us to be, what God has called the church to be, right, globally. And that is, we're all, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Your problems are now my problems. Your needs are, mine, are now my needs. Amen? Right? This world is sick, guys, but the cure is love. Amen? This world has a bunch of problems, but I believe every answer to the problems in this world is the love of Jesus. I really believe that. And, um, and love is an action, folks, right? Love is taking action, not just being, um, it's not just having the thoughts in your head. So as I close, we stand with me tonight. Closing scripture for tonight is Matthew 6, chapter 31 through 33. And it says this. So don't worry about these things. Saying what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above us and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. The final point for tonight, the closing thought for tonight is God's favor is our inheritance. God's favor is our Our inheritance. If if there's something I want y'all to catch tonight, it's this: is that once you accept Jesus into your heart, once you make that decision, we're saying, God, I'm dedicating my life to you. It says that now you have stepped into God's favor in your life. As we spoke on earlier, God is incapable of lying. So when He says, Hey, if you put my kingdom first, everything else will be given to you. What that means is, hey, if you put God first, all your needs will be supplied. Everything that you, every, every problem, every prayer, everything that you need, it will be given to you as long as you keep my kingdom first. He's going to provide for us. See, the, the, the Bible, what's so powerful about the word of God is that the Bible is just a book full of God's promises to his children, right? That's all the Bible is. This is a dad talking to his kids. And he's telling us tonight. He's saying, hey, if you put me first, if you put our kingdom, if you put my kingdom first, if you live righteously, if you make the decision in your heart, you know what? I'm not gonna let my needs, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let my problems keep me away from you. Instead, I'm gonna put them on your shoulders and off mine. If you do that, right, if you put my kingdom first, everything will be given to you. Now, if we said so like he didn't say some things or most things. Said every need you have will be given to you. Amen. Amen. See, God's favor doesn't vary day to day. God's favor on our life isn't something that you know might happen or might not happen. God's favor is a consistent truth in your life. And what, to, what I want y'all to catch is that God doesn't vary god doesn't go right god is consistent see no no enemy no obstacle can steal god's favor from your life nothing that this world can throw at you can block god's favor above you the only thing that can happen to your favor is if you step outside of it See, God is so ready to bless you with everything you ever dreamed of. We just have to be willing to be faithful to Him, right? You've got to be willing, really, hey, you know what? I'm going to step out. I'm going to be resourceful. I'm going to be thoughtful of others. And- Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.